I think I may have a title for my uh, for myself. I, I realized I might have a title. If I get a card printed, I figured out what my title would be. Oh, all right. I thought you meant like you're titling yourself like a podcast episode, but you're titling yourself like a like a duke, I guess. Yeah, just I, I adhere to the Chicago uh, manual right, what's style. Your, what's your title? And we'll talk about your coat of arms next. Oh God, John, John, I would love that so much if you would talk about that with me. <laughs> um, I really, really would. I would. This is an area where you don't need to be encouraged. I think. Well, yeah, but I like to be suffered. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm embarrassed about my kink doesn't mean I don't. You know, you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, ready, ready. Okay, Merlin, man, gentleman, podcaster. Mm, don't like it because I put on pants. Mm. Um, I had a nap and then I put on pants and I thought, huh, I'm a regular gentleman. But you're not a gentleman podcaster. I'm not a gentleman. I, I don't do that. No, you're not a gentleman podcaster. Hi, well, you don't think I'm a gentleman? I mean, you're not a gentleman podcaster. I think I am. No, well, oh, absolutely okay. not. Okay. When, when I say to you the phrase, you say, you say curse words and make lewd jokes and that's not a gentleman podcaster. But I do it in a very chivalrous way. No, no, you're I'm like, absolutely I'm like not. I'm Walter Raleigh. Wham, wham a f- code across the puddle. No, sorry. I'm going to just nix that one. Okay. Well, well, you you pick the direction here. E- either 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 a-, a-, a, what should my title be? My nom de guerre, if you like. Or or who is a gentleman podcaster? I don't listen to enough podcasts to know the John answer. Dickerson. John Dickerson. I mean, maybe. I like, I don't listen He's to podcasts. He's Catholic. Podcast. You can have to tell me, but... Uh... Oh, you don't. But like I mean, podcasts. I mean, it's the tech podcast. There's no gentleman. <laughs> there are no, there's no. There's no atheists in foxholes. Yeah, there's no gentleman on tech podcasts. You don't spit into the wind, and uh, huh? Okay, all right, fine. Well, you think about it. If you want to talk about my coat of arms like a gentleman, you could. Hmm. Yeah, oh, say, you, maybe I could say lady podcaster. Uh, I don't think that. Yeah, the, the tech like is lady, a very like casual space. It's not a lot of, uh, <laughs> of, of of lords and ladies in the tech sphere. I think. Well, like your like your TV calibration guy, he sounds like he might be a little bit of a Chad. Uh, C H A V, I guess. Yeah, no, I don't. Well, I don't save know it for the show. Save all it for right, the show. All right, all right, we're we're in, we're in it. We're in it here. We're soaking in it. Oh, well, believe me, I know. I was I was in it while you were still pre-flighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, without your flying monkeys here, you don't know how to fly. You're soaking in it. That was. Uh, it's 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 Palmolive. So like, can we sidebar Madge. for for Madge? You're soaking. Yes, in you it, there. Right? Please go the ahead. Prem- the premise of that commercial was there was dish soap. Um, that is not only does it not make your hands feel and look John, terrible. John, the conceit was that Madge, the manicurist, is she like by trade, she's a lady manicurist or a gentleman manicurist, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. And but the point is that uh, I think the phrase, if memory serves, palm olives is uh, it's gentle on hands, softens your hands while you do dishes, it softens your hands while you do dishes. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Here's his ancient Chinese secret, so not, a, not a gentleman podcaster, just there you go, huh. Anyway, Mr. Uh, the whole point was like, know how he gets his uh, white so white. Yeah, so like normally dish soap <laughs> is, is difficult on your hands, dries them out, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, so yeah, if you're yeah. doing a lot of dishes, but you know, it's like- And when not- she says it, the, the, the enduring, sorry, the enduring visual image though is that she's just plunged her poor clients, because she's such a cheapskate, she's using dish liquid. She plunges this poor woman's hands into, into dish liquid, and then there's a, a tight, pretty tight shot of her hand in this little ramekin of mm-hmm. green, and-, and um, and and the woman the woman starts pulling her hand out of the gloop and says dishwashing liquid and Madge in a very I think fairly aggressive way from the 1970s touches the top of the woman's hand and plunges it back into the goop. So the woman says dishwashing liquid and then Madge says it's palm olive. 
I was thinking of the one that says you're soaking in it. Like she doesn't know that she's already soaking in it. It's like, is, could this dish liquid be actually, you know, it could I actually still soften match. my hands while I do dishes? It's like, well, right. guess what? You're already soaking in it. You you're didn't soaking know it. in now, it. Here's my question as someone who Why has you never, never asked for a second cup of my palm yeah, olive. Someone who has never received a manicure nor seen a manicure done. Challenge. My question is, is there a step in a regular manicure in which someone takes your hands and puts them into a, a, a slimy goop that looks like dish soap? I, I'm going to speculate, I have to admit, um, I don't think I've ever gotten a manicure, although I've always kind of secretly wanted one. It's ironic, no, huh? no, it's really, Yeah, it's like rain on your palm olive. I, 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 uh, I don't want anybody doing anything with my feet. I don't want to do anything with other people's feet. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind, and, I, and to be honest, I would pay an extra $49 for someone to tell me what I should be doing differently with my, with my fingernails. I, w- I, want, I, want, I want fingernails, just, just to know I could do it, I want fingernails like a mobster. I would like to have some like John Polito fingers. I would like some like Miller's Crossing fingers. I would like to look like I take care of myself. I don't chew on my nails anymore, which I think is to my credit. But I do think there is a point where they do soak it a little bit because they got to soften it up a little bit. I think. All right. Because that I mean, that, right? that's my question about the commercial is like. Well, what did the woman think it is becomes exactly. the question. This is not a standard step in a manicure. Right, it wouldn't go by unnoticed. That like, why are you sticking my hands into a bunch of goop? And then I'd start thinking, what right. is this goop? But it, but apparently, is that, is that, is that pen's oil? Yeah. You know, is it uh, is it Earl Grey tea? Like, what 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 is it that you're used to having your hand forced into? Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I guess the I guess I guess I'm not in the target audience for that ad because I was you know nine years old when Six. I was watching yeah, a thousand sure. times on TV, and uh, nine year olds not getting a lot of manicures. I'm the sole survivor. Hmm. Operate. Uh, I don't. I don't know the answer. I. You know what? Uh, <laughs> um, I will. Um, I will find out for show notes. I will find the history of Madge. I'll find out if Madge is canceled at this juncture. You know, Madge could have done something. Madge did nothing. Didn't even testify. So, um, hey everybody, welcome back. It's reconcilable differences with your good buddy uh, John Syracuse and your less good buddy Merlin. <laughs> And this is the uh, Reconcilable Differences program where for over seven years, apparently, <laughs> John and I have made every uh, furtive attempt to uh, try to understand how we got how we are. Today, I got my bike fixed yesterday. Yes, it went extremely well. Ask me about it. And I got, you know, the thing happened. The thing we talked about. <laughs> You'll have to be more specific. <laughs> uh, that's true. Oh, uh, thrown into the wolves of puberty. No, um, I, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you about it, but I have a very good relationship with my bike, bike guys. It went very, very well. And anyway, we eventually got to having the talk. And then... <laughs> when two bikes love each other very much, what was the talk? Okay, okay, I'm not going to say his name, but like my, my guy, who I really bonded with on Sunday, the 26th of June, and then bonded with again yesterday on the 27th of June, um, he writes Lisp. And he is a, uh, he's a poet and uh-huh. he's young and he's very, very funny. And I told him in terms, and he immediately understood. I said, I know Kervonic, it says you can't know who's in your caress because if you think you know who's in your caress, it's actually a grand falloon. But I said, name a person. I said, I think you and I may be uh, independently doing God's will. And now, now I know that and I'm happy to have a new friend. And so anyway, he, he's a lisper. He lisps, Jerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and finally, yeah, that's some, 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 yeah, podcast. I mentioned you because when he said, well, what should I listen to? I was like, oh, you know, there's a lot of good shows out there. 
<laughs> we know you had many options. Thank you for flying Merlin. Um, but I finally I suggested this program. And I said, hey, you know that, that you know how like once you a year. You suggested this program? He writes Lisp, John. But you, oh, this oh, isn't, sure, isn't this the, the show where you've already talked about him and your your difficult interactions and stuff? Oh, no, that's different. That's a different guy. That's different a different story. guy, okay. Totally different head. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, no. And I said, hey, you know how like uh, the used to be time was every year there's that really weird gawky guy who would write a really long review of OS Ten. I said, that's the guy I do a show with. And he's like, oh, Ars Technica. I was like, yeah, exactly. So... But he knew Ars Technica? You're, <laughs> he writes Lisp, John. Of course he knows Ars Technica. Did, did he know what gawky means? Gawky? G-O-C-K-Y? Yeah, he's read Stallman's jargon file. He knows. Oh, you, just descri- you just described me as gawky. Was it Stallman? No, Eric Raymond. It's Eric Raymond has the jargon file. Is that right? Yeah, but he's... Yeah, like problematic. Yeah. He, but he doesn't pick his toes like Stallman does. Um, Stallman can't pick his toes anymore. His his hands Stal- have been ruined Stallman's, by Emacs. Stallman's ruined also very, by Emacs. very problematic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got, he's got hands Multiple like... Multiple levels. Yeah, Sure. I mean, you know, you don't you don't get into Unix for chicks. Um, so what I was going to say was, uh, this is reconcilable differences. And thank you so much for being here with us. We're going to visit with you for a little while, and uh, John and I are going to talk about our lives. We're going to read your story, get you some hot milk, and uh, just talk about the the events of the day. Uh, how you doing today, John? I'm pretty good. I don't know why you're doing this weird intro to the show. I don't I know think, either, but, but do you like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, we need to talk about t-shirts quickly first. She's not a hunchback. Yeah. This is the final episode. Oh, John, I'm sorry, John. <clears throat> Hang on. How is this time of the year different from any of the other seven years? You interrupted me right when people, when I said something, people would be like, what do you mean the final episode? Let I me finish my you? Let me finish my sentence so people aren't nervous. This is the final episode in which we're going to tell you to buy t-shirts. By the time the episode after this comes out, it will be too late. So this is it. Don't wait for another episode to remind you. This is the last episode where we will talk about these shirts. So if you want one and you're listening to this, you got to get one now. Because by the next time you hear us, it will be too late and everyone will be sad. So mm-hmm. just to remind everybody, it's at rectifs.store. R-E-C-D-I-F-F-S dot S-T-O-R-E. That is a real URL, rectifs.store. Uh, and there you can go and buy uh, a bunch of T-shirts. We talked about them all last week. We're not going to talk about them again. Um, I do want to add one thing. La- or last week, oh right, I said mm-hmm. we've got two T-shirts, and we talked about the different designs and blah blah blah, or whatever. But when you go to the page, you're going to see four T-shirts. What's the what? deal? I thought John said there were two shirts. Yeah, and I totally forgot about this. I'm always confused about. Is that considered an off by two error, John? No, I mean, so here's the deal. Um, the vendor we use for our T-shirts differentiate shirts based on what's printed on them, which makes sense. But if you have something like, let's say, a dark colored T-shirt like navy blue or black and you have a light colored T-shirt like white or gray, you you want to use a light ink on the dark T-shirts. So you put white ink on the black T-shirt and you want to use John, a dark John, ink John, on John, the John, descri- Shh, John, describe it as being like the uh, light mode and dark mode. But that's the thing that confuses people. So they're like, well, are you describing oh. the color of the shirt or the color of the ink? So I'm always talking about the color of the ink or the color of the printing. So the point is, oh. you have to use two different colors because you, obviously if you put black ink on a black shirt, you're not going to be able to see anything. Oh, that'd be so fast. subtle. I would love that. Yeah, I think we did that once for an ATP shirt. It's actually kind of cool. But anyway, but because those are two quote unquote different printed things, oh, you're printing a black logo and you're printing a white logo. Those are two different things. The, each shirt ends up being broken up into two shirts, one with white ink printed on it and one with black ink. And so the black ink is on all of the light colored shirts. 
And the white ink is on all the dark colored shirts. So you see mm-hmm. four shirts, but it's really just two different designs and they're just differentiated by the ink color. No, they can't combine them into one, even though they're the same design. What about kind stickers? Annoying, but... What about stickers? What about what about coupon codes? Oh uh, yeah, no, we don't have any coupon codes. We don't have any integration with the membership system. Don't be fooled by a erectives.store design that has nothing to do with Relay's website. We just made it we're look We're not affiliated same. with them. Yeah, well, no, we are totally affiliated with them, but there's no, we don't have oh, that kind of integration. We? We've been talking with them about like, oh, could each store, could each show have a store page and then we get an integration with the membership program. We don't have that this year. This is just, we're, you know, we talked about them beforehand and we said, what should we do? And they said, just go off and do it on your own and it'll be fine. So that's what we did. But maybe- yep. Sometime in the future will be integrated. So no, there's no discount codes, no discount for memberships. We're not, not selling not, any just stickers. Just to be clear, because John John's irascible, not because we don't like you, but just because and and, and this couldn't this, get it this, done. Yeah, I mean, alongside all the other things, when I finally decided that, like, I didn't, I felt less terrible about about eventually announcing our time delimited sale. Like I said, if if it took a lot of time for John Syracuse to put this together, I had a very small role in it. John had the big role, but it's been several weeks of getting this ready. Believe me. If I could have picked any other week to do this, it would have been a different week. But the clock started ticking before the decision came down from the Supreme Court. And we were already pot committed to this. But yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, uh, that kind of like, uh, as you say, full stack vertical integration. We just don't, we don't have that right now. Um, I think that'd be a neat thing to look at because don't you get like a, don't you get a discount on relay store stuff but that's because relay does the cms and Mm, does the store exactly we have no access to the membership program or that part of the thing and it would require dev work and whatever so we you know we put it on their radar we're talking you know about the relay people about what might be good for like the entire network but for this one-off thing that we're doing this is the way we did it so it is what it is we they they are they may be adding you know they love wallpapers they may be adding wallpapers based on i heard about this and you brought back your uh your your little uh for a frame gambit I yeah, noticed. Yeah, frame game. I'll put a link to that in the show frame notes. Game. So I think we, we talked about it on past shows, right? What the frame game is? Yeah. Oh, it's a beloved, um, it's a beloved component of the accidental tech podcast shirts, which is that uh well, you tell them what it is. It's fun, it's a fun game. People seem to like playing. Wait, did we never talk about it on the show? I don't know. I'm not always here. All right. Yeah, you are. Tell my day here. to watch it. it. Anyway, uh, frame game is the thing I do on Twitter where I show tiny portions of a frame from a movie and ask people to guess what the movie is that the frame is from. Uh, and if people can't guess it, I show a, a progressively larger portion of the frame. It's something I've been doing for a few years on Twitter. Uh, and if you win, if you win, if you guess correctly, if you're the first person to guess correctly, you get a code for a free T-shirt. Um, and so I was doing that for erective t-shirts. The, 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 the day, answer, the thing is, again. John won't tell you is it's always Lady Bird. It's always Lady Bird. And that was like a, that was the first time I, Lady Bird was an answer. Now that I have the like, I'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. There's like a you can see the history of this game. I, uh-huh. I have it up on my website. Um, oh wow! And so now I've searched through. You know, I, I have the full list there, so it's easy for me to say, "Have I ever used Lady Bird before?" Uh, and I hadn't. So I mean, I'm not spoiling you do, anything. You should do Nausicaa. This, That's a really good movie. Not if I've done that one before. Anyway, um, March of the Oma is a really good song. It's a really good soundtrack, really good movie. You should do that one. That Lady Bird and uh, Princess Nausicaa. Just so you know, that's not Princess Mononoke. Princess Nausicaa is a different one. You should, you should do that. Now, in-band communication. So you got some codes? Uh, I did. I, I got some codes from Cotton Bureau. I've, I've used a bunch of them already. I've got a few more. Probably before the sale is over, I will use and some the, just to Just the reason we're in-banding here is, uh, no shade, no lemonade, but this time, this is the first time I've been involved in one of these where codes were not given. 
to the t-shirt sellers. Is that correct? Yeah, like, they're doing they're doing a different thing with the codes. They still have them available if you ask for them, but it's not a it's not a, a regular part. They've changed their price structure behind the scenes. They used to release codes based on how many you sold. They don't do that right. anymore. It's more of a flat system. It's actually better for everyone involved, but uh, okay. the codes aren't as big a thing as they were. Um. So you can go to rectifs.store, and if you're interested in a shirt, that's where you could get it. Um, uh, John keeps reminding me how we're not going to make any money from this, which is fine, but uh, it it, uh, it makes me happy that people get shirts. It makes me really happy when I see a shirt. I told you, the most recent time, I've seen people in ATP shirts in the wild before. The last time, I think I told you this, we were on our way, not to Hamilton. Oh, we were on our way to Ricky Montgomery in February. And somebody, uh, this big doofus walks by in an ATP shirt, and I go, accidental. Didn't even turn his head. <laughs> do you realize he almost got a chance to kiss the prince and he didn't he didn't even he didn't even turn maybe he was scared maybe he thought maybe he thought it was jonathan man yeah, people mad. just exclaim things on the street maybe you don't like turn your attention to them i don't know <laughs> computers <laughs> this episode of reconcilable differences is brought to you in part by squarespace you can learn more about squarespace right now by visiting Squarespace.com slash diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience and sell anything, whether that's your products, your services, even the content that you create. You can sell it right on Squarespace. Don't worry. They got you covered. They're Squarespace. That's, that's what they do. With Squarespace, oh my gosh, you can do so many things. Uh, you, uh, you know what? SEO, not a thing I'm great at. Well, with uh, they call it search engine optimization. And uh, Squarespace, they're going to give you a suite of integrated features and useful guides that will help you to maximize prominence among search results, which, which is really handy. You know, uh, you, you get their best-in-class website templates and you can customize them to fit your needs. So it's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place. And then you customize it. Just a few clicks. It's really straightforward, you guys. You know, this one's amazing. Blows my mind. You can sell your products in your very own online store. So whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Um, I'm a big fan of Squarespace. I continue to be. I'm pausing for a moment because I'm mentally trying to remember how long I've been with Squarespace, and I'm pretty sure it's a really long time. I got personal sites there, the Roderick on the Line podcast. Most saliently for you, the listener, Squarespace is the place where I send anybody who needs a website. I do not want to be in the webmaster business I'm willing to help you a little bit, but you got to do the thing on your own. And boy, does Squarespace ever make that easy. So whether it's for you or maybe it's a school, a church, a softball team, check out squarespace.com slash diffs because they can really help you out. So so do it right now. Go. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Check this out. You get a free trial. Huh. No credit card required. Nothing wrong with that. When you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Because that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code, D-I-F-F-S, for 10% off your first purchase. I said it twice because it's important, you know? You know, it'll show your support for John Syracuse. And the little guy needs it. He, he's unemployable. He's got a lot of problems. But go and check him out. They've been uh, great to me, and they're going to be great to you. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. All right, so... Uh, shirt's done with. Again, the link will be in the show notes if you missed it, but you already memorized the URL, so you're fine. You're not going to talk about the numbers, huh? You, you told me you were going to talk about the numbers. I'm no, keeping score. No, we're, do, we're, we're doing okay. Um, I want to say that Merlin's shirt in color is doing well, and Merlin's shirt in not color is doing quite poorly. And then you're in the middle. You know... <laughs>
you know, Mr. Hand, if I'm here uh-huh. and you're here, aren't these our shirts? Hmm. That's a Aloha. Fast, fast times. There you go. You got it. But, oh, you didn't do the bit. I was about to, we, we just did a pivot. You didn't even yeah. tell. Isn't this our time? You're, uh, that's how it goes. You're right, Mr. Spicoli. It is <laughs> And then he, remember, he goes to his house. Whole class. He goes to his house. Because yeah. he wasted my time. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Any, anyway, I feel like I feel like these these shirts are both of our children. It is not. It is not a competition, so no wagering. But yeah. um, yeah. no, no. The the deal with the thing is, it's not. Not only is it not a competition. You know, just because the shirt that sells fewer copies, everyone who got the other shirt has to throw theirs in the garbage. That doesn't make this a competition. Oh, John, don't be <sighs> butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. Have you never walked into a coffee place during an election year and there's two buckets and one bucket says this this person and the other bucket says that person and like you get to like ha ha vote. But like the 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 are going to win either way, and that's what I'm trying to do here. I thought you'd figure that out. You're great at statistics. All right, all right. Anyway, there's this this four shirts. It's confusing. Buy a shirt that you like. If you don't like any shirts, buy a membership. It's much better for us. <laughs> Very true. This, and by the way, speaking of membership, this is an, uh, an episode with extra content at the end uh, for members only. What will that content be? This is one of the weeks where we don't know. Uh, so I love, tune in, I love tune this into show. the after show to find out what we're going to talk about in the after show, but it will be something. Well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be going commando. Just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So a, a little bit more follow up from uh, last week. Uh, yes. Last week, last week when I was talking about uh, talking about the shirt sale and I was reading off the dates and I said, today is Tuesday, January 14th. That's what I said last week. I said, today is Tuesday, January 14th. Not only did you not call I, me on I it. I caught that only very recently and i went like this because <clears throat> because like you're never wrong and like boy you're you're off by a, a now talk about off by one error. i mean it starts with a j yeah well so do you Got that going you for do that. it you start mm-hmm. with a j yeah i do um but anyway not only did did uh, i not catch myself and you didn't catch me during the program obviously when <sighs> i listened back i heard it immediately because that's the way listening back works that's how it works um yeah but no one even wrote in so anyway just in case you were confused it wasn't january 14th two weeks ago it was in fact see June now 14th. you you wrote in the document here um, i don't like to reveal oh, I, the... I can sorry i gotta do the dates again because i always forget and i want to forget again sorry this sale ends <laughs> july 15th store, everybody please check it out whenever you are listening to this yes july 15th 2022 if you're listening to it before july 15th 2022 there's still time to get a shirt i'm so grateful after. that y'all listen to the yeah. show i'm so grateful that you were interested in the shirt that's no longer available once it's no longer available but i swear i swear to god and all that is holy that if if you do that bit with us the thing that makes has made casey into such a basket case best of case if if you do that with me you will owe me a shirt if you mm-hmm. say, why didn't you tell me you were selling a shirt? You will owe me a shirt. And it has to be a nice one. A clean one it has to be pressed. Mm-hmm. No pit stains. No pit stains. Hey, um, and, and so so when you wrote, all I saw here was Tuesday, January 14th. And I thought that might be your TV day. No. All right. Well, so we can segue into the TV follow-up. Um, since last time we recorded and I was talking about my TV, I said that my big review hadn't come out and the TV hadn't been released yet. Well, since that show, uh, the my favorite reviewer, has come out with his review of my television and I oh watched it and there were no surprises in it. Um, the TV's weaknesses are what I thought they would be and its strengths are what they thought I thought they would be. It is not a perfect television. In particular, its gaming prowess is subpar by a substantial amount, but I do my gaming on a yeah. gaming monitor now. You so I'm lesson. okay with that. 
Yeah. And so, you know, if you if you are uh, a hardcore gamer and you have uh, the most recent Xbox, you probably don't want this TV because it doesn't have the specs to do what you want. But I don't have the most recent Xbox and I do my gaming on a gaming monitor. So I don't care about those missed features and everything else about the TV seems to be what I wanted. Uh, Were there there any surprises? You said no surprises, no alarms, no surprises. But just out of interest, uh, were... Was there anything that was either kind of surprising or was a particular moment when you learned that, like, I don't know, I not, this is not a bit, but, like, you learned there's definitely no fan noise or there's definitely this thing or that thing. Was there something where, like, somebody, like, conclusively went and did it, your review person, and, like, that provided you some relief or happiness? Uh, the only thing that... Uh that was kind of new information that was a little bit disappointing was the near black performance uh, is still slightly off being accurate. That's true of both of the QD OLEDs. Near black um, is it's an, because it's an OD, uh, it's a QD OLED. Um, blacks are truly black because they're turned off. You're saying when it's like at like a six, six, six kind of level. If you look at that, they have like a graph of like how accurately it tracks with what it's supposed to be showing. And uh-huh. if you look at look towards the very far end of the blacks, obviously the blacks are accurate, but then near black, there's a little bit of dip where they're a little bit brighter than they should be. Um, and that's the th- and that's that's the type of thing you can dial in with calibration. But the Sony doesn't currently offer enough calibration settings to dial in those little things. And that's the type of thing that can be fixed over time with a firmware setting. But honestly being slightly darker than expected. And this is, and we're talking slight here. Like you need equipment to measure this being slight, ever so slightly <laughs> brighter. You need equipment or your eyes. Yeah. And being every so slightly brighter near black is not the end of the world for me. And in fact, I might tune it to that anyway, just because I don't want to have a bright room and a dark room setting. And I want it to work in all scenarios. So, Ooh, okay. you know, interesting. Yeah, well, well, but anyway, I really rely was, on the bright and dark. I mean, I, I can tell when it's in filmmaker mode. That's mm-hmm. one of the names on ours. And like, but we were watching, not the bear, what we were watching. I was watching, I mean, not quite Game of Thrones level, but something that was really quite, quite dark. And I couldn't have one mode, maybe just because the room or our TV. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of windows you got in the room. Yeah, exactly. If it's it's the evening, if it's the late afternoon or evening and the sun is setting and like our back window points west, uh, yeah, it, it can be, it can be really rough. I've got light blocking shades on one of the windows near my television specifically for this reason so, mm-hmm. that, so that it can generally be dark. Um, but again, that's the type of thing that can be fixed over time with the firmware update. And it's such a small thing that it doesn't bother me. But everything else uh, was was good. So I was happy to see that review. There are a couple other reviews that now people are sending me from, let's say, uh, not less reputable, uh, more sensational, let's say, uh, uh, YouTubers with perhaps less expertise in this area. Yeah. You know, trying to get views by saying, everyone says this TV is great, but let me tell you why you should never buy this TV. And yeah, I, I, you I run into I, that everywhere, John. I was watching CPAP reviews the other night. And, and even in the CPAP review community, you get the person making the, the, the big, uh, the big open mouth face and pointing. Like it's, it's, it's an yeah, affliction. That's it. the way YouTube well, That's how people click. Yeah. Click on the guy's yeah. mouth. Click to continue. But anyway, I'm, I'm like I said last week, I'm very confident in my reviewer who I've been watching for years. And I mean, you watch his 25 minute video about this television and you'll probably be bored to tears, which tells you <laughs> that it's a good review because he's just going into every single spec, every single detail. And he knows what he's doing because he's done the same thing to a million other TVs. And he explains why things are the way they are. And has a bunch of good tests. And anyway, I trust him. Um, and so uh, what he said about this television was, you know, about what I expected. So far, so good. And so, but you'll continue to monitor, I imagine, if I know you. And so, you know, you can, if you get so, like a dissenting point of view, you'll be able to leaven it. I always feel like, mm, I don't know. I mean, obviously it helps to really, you know, go to sources of people that you trust. 
you know, for like movie reviews, it helps to know if you have similar taste. And with things like this, you know, somebody who's, you know, to your level of caring or not caring makes a big difference. But I always feel like this, I gotta sound like you, but like I, I am buoyed. It's interesting to me when I'm thinking about buying something and I read a bunch of reviews, like for example, the review of my bike, the reviews of my bike, almost all, and I don't know if this is just a matter of plagiarism or what, but one of the things, there's several things people bitch about with my bike. Oh boy, there's a lot to bitch about. It's very proprietary. Bike shops do not like working on them, but the um, wiring harness, I think you call it, like all that's kind of exposed. It's not beautifully like, you know, wrapped all together and they're kind of exposed. And almost everybody who reviewed it said that. And I, there's a part of me that's like, I'm sort of pleased in some ways or relieved when I see that the things people don't like, because if you're going to have pros and cons, you have to have pros and you have to have cons. Unless you're doing like a serious, like a hit job, there's probably going to be like three pros, three cons. And there's something to me that's a little bit satisfying about seeing the same thing come up as a negative, particularly when it's something that's not a deal killer for me. I mean, that's, that's why you watch reviews because you want, you know, they'll tell you, you want someone who just tells you what the deal is and you can decide what value you put on it. I agree. I think for, you know, I've heard it said that, um, I don't know, I don't think Siskel and Ebert like invented the thumbs up, but you know, that that was, and you know, Roger Ebert, they were both very serious critics, but that it kind of was, it's a, it's like a one bit decision. Well, I guess, I don't know if that makes it four bits because there's so many thumbs. I don't know. But the point is, you say like, okay, see it or don't see it. I'm like, well, like who should see it or not see it? Like, I still think that was a really interesting and fun and sticky innovation. But, you know, I, as you know, I love facets. And I I think it's neat when somebody dives into something that not everybody's going to care about, but it's good to know about. This is why it's nice to have you as a theoretical friend is because you can say stuff like, okay, you might be happy with that today, but will you, you know, will you still love me tomorrow? Like, this is not, I, I, I think it personally, uh, I, I don't like to be histrionic. I think it's very close to unconscionable to still sell the Apple Watch 3 or to, you know, or like the way, God, the Snell's review of the M2 MacBook Pro, woof. Like, that is not the computer for me and most people that I know. But I, I do like to know, like, hey, if this is the thing, and really, that's kind of how Jason presented on on Upgrade anyway, was like, hey, look, you know, you're probably better off to just get a really specced up MacBook Air. It'll be about the same price. And I think without being overly cynical, Jason was basically saying, this is for, this is a Mac, this MacBook Pro M2 is for sales into like IT channels where people only want to, you know, order, buy and pay for something that has Pro in the name. I don't know, but I mean, it doesn't sound like it's much of a bargain other than that. I like when people lay that out though, and not just being snooty or, or something, but to say like, Hey, if, if you're, you never know what makes somebody want to get something like it could be something almost analogous to a fetish. Like if there's just this one thing that you super care about and you assume that because this is costly and well reviewed, it'll do what you want. I appreciate it when somebody says, Hey, and just so you know, if you only really care about this one thing, like in your case, for example, if you hadn't known better and you were about to dump a lot of money on a gaming, quote unquote, gaming monitor and you got this TV, you'd be bummed. I like that they say stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that, 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 that M2 MacBook Pro, by the way, the news just keeps getting worse on that. Not to turn this into no, no, an, please, what? an old tech podcast, but like, uh, and I, I, no one has dug into the reasoning for this, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's uh, a cost thing. So if you get the M2. Oh, is this the, the SSD? Yeah, if you get if you oh get the base God, model, they, they only fire. have one. 
So the previous, you know, the base model of these previous ones, when you got the same size SSD, like whatever it was, 256 gigs, they would yeah. give it to you in two chips. Yep. And yeah, now I'm one. assuming because of like economies of scale, you can get a 256 in one chip. Like, you know, you don't have to split it up into two. But when you get it in the one chip, it's half the speed because with the two chips, they work in parallel, kind of like a... Like oh, and, a, a and, the, and the teardown makes it sound like it's like it's, it's barely it's barely standing up. I mean, it sounds really bad. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's literally half the speed because it's just, it's like it's kind of you can imagine it's like a little miniature raid array. It's not what it's actually doing. But anyway, when you have the two chips, you can the, the controller can access them both in parallel and you can get double the data rate because you can funnel data to both of them. But with just one chip, you get less. And it's not like I don't think I don't think they were handicapping. It's just like, you know, when you when costs go down and you're like, OK, well, what are we going to put in the base model? It's like, oh, we can just get that in one chip now. It's cheaper. Right. Right. Like, why why would we split it up into two? That'd be more expensive. Take more power. Let's put it in one chip. But now it's half the speed. So, you know, it's it's, it's slower than the M1 uh, MacBook Pro that it replaced. In my head, I imagine a, in my head, I imagine a, like a European tourist walking up with one of those giant, 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 giant suitcases and putting it up on the thing. And I, honestly, this is a, a thing that has occurred to me before. Is like you, you show up at the airport, you're late for your flight, you, you put your like giant, giant, giant suitcase, and they're like, uh, "I'm I'm sorry, sir, like your suitcase is way too heavy." And and so they open it and start removing things. And like if you have any sense, you remove the stuff that's heavy in weight and low in value. But I almost it's almost like imagining a jeweler with like a scale, and we're just gonna keep taking off little bits of diamond dust until it balances. And like, if we start with whatever, $1,200 or whatever it is, if we start with this price that we want the cheapest model to be, and then we're just going to keep backing up slowly until we can fit into that space. So, you know, hopefully you're throwing away shampoo and not actual diamond dust, but like, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit cynical to me. I mean, it's not, it's not really a cost saving thing though, because if you look at every model they make, including like the, the Mac Studio or whatever, they always have lots of slots for lots of SSD chips, but they just put the number they need to hit the capacity. And that number they need is based on like, well, how big a chip can we get? Like, what's the maximum size we can get in one chip, right? Right. So they're never gonna they're never gonna say, well, we could get this in one chip, but let's buy four of them that are a quarter of the size. I mean, especially in a laptop because that uses more power, right? It's more parts, it's mm -hmm. more money. Like, it's just a bad idea. And th we're talking about the very base model. If you want to avoid this, just get a bigger SSD because once you get a bigger SSD, they have to do it in two chips because there's no one chip that can do but that. The, ge right? the genius maybe doesn't know that, but and certainly isn't going to offer that. Yeah, well, I mean, feel that's that's another reason this this you know it's got oh a hidden gotcha like this is why you'd watch these videos on TV is like are there any hidden gotchas and the hidden gotcha for this thing is hey don't get the low end model because the SSD is a dog right I mean right. you shouldn't get the low end model anyway because you get a two fifty six gig SSD you're you're gonna feel squeezed so do you think it's a price umbrella thing like they're trying to keep their margins right but like they I, need... I, I think it was is probably it, it's you know for most people it's probably fine if you're buying the base base model it's more important for you to save power and save costs than for you to get that speed but if you don't know that if you're like well I always get the lowest SSD because I don't need that much space but the space I do have I don't need I want it to not be half the speed of the M1 MacBook Pro right right it's I I think it's a reasonable decision but it's the type of thing Thing that you might want to tell people about. I would be more inclined to warn people never get a laptop with 256 gigs of internal storage in 2022 because you'll feel squeezed. It's not enough space. Like That's that ridiculous. is the real yeah. warning that you should give people and you can yell at Apple for having that to be the base config and forcing everybody to buy the non-base config. But anyway, yeah, that machine is slightly cursed. Yeah. Oh, and so to, to cap off my TV thing, so the yeah. review came out, I looked at it, great, thumbs up or whatever. And also, I think like a day or two ago, Sony started accepting pre-orders for this television. I expected the, the pre-orders. 
yeah, I expected the pre-orders to appear like, oh, you know, I had all these alerts set up for like these, you know, AV sites and Amazon and Crutchfield and like, you know, email me when the thing is ready. Right. Um, and I have on set up on Sony as well, uh, like Sony.com. But nobody else has it available. It's not an Amazon. It's not an AV site. It was only available for pre-order at Sony.com. So I put in a pre-order at Sony.com for this stupid television. Because uh, it's the only place I can pre-order. I've, I don't think I've ever so bought anything directly order, from Sony. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I bet their channel partners. I put in. I bet their channel partners are not happy about that. But you, so you put in an order, and like it's a the release date TBD. So if it comes along through, I don't know, B or Amazon or whatever, you can cancel your Sony order. Or you can do a Marco here. I don't know what the cancellation rules are. I also have no idea what their inventory is going to be like. Will anybody besides Sony.com get an inventory for this first wave of TVs? I don't know. Um, that's why I had to order. I can't like sit here with my arms crossed going, oh, wait, I'll wait oh, to no, see. You've because learned. I, you've got to learn yeah, get in no, front of me, get a prepared supply the chain. Mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. just assume this nope, is nope, going to nope, be nope. everywhere. Anyway, so here's the deal. So I, I put in the pre-order, right? Uh-huh. Uh, here's what it says. It says, release date, mm. July 25th, 2022. Mm. Right? But here's the problem with that date. I will not be here. I will be on, on vacation July 25th, right? So it's not a good time for someone to deliver a large television to my house. I mean, I can have people here to receive the package for me, but I would prefer not to. Yeah. But that just says release date. And so what does that mean? They're like, well, I put in the pre-order. I'll probably call them up and say, hey, uh, can I? Oh, as, as against shipping date. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what release date means. That, <laughs> oh, okay. That, that so like with Apple, you get an order date. You say, and that'll be available starting next Friday. Right. Well, this, no, I put in a pre-order, so I don't have to order at this point. I, my order is in. Why they call it a pre-order, not an order, I don't know. But a release date certainly doesn't mean the date it will show up at your house, I no, assume. No, 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 no I, I'm just trying. Okay, I understand. Okay. Anyway, so here, I was. I had Sony on the phone. I was going through their phone tree, but while I'm on their phone tree, I'm also looking at web pages, and uh, I saw on their shipping fact that was like, they send you an email, like, great, we got your order. Here's a shipping fact for you. And I clicked on that link. And what it says in that document is, 51 inch and above TVs ship through carrier AIT for delivery to your front door. Ooh, I can feel the dent already. AIT will call you to schedule a time and date for delivery. Carrier AIT will contact you via email text. My LG, like I had to like talk to people at a, at a depot by the airport to schedule it. There you go. So it's not like they're even going to bring it to my house until I schedule a date. So I will make mm. sure that I schedule a date that is convenient for me and then it works around my various vacations and other <laughs> You sound so imperious when you put yeah. it like that. Mm-hmm. I should work on finding a satisfactory day of my convenience. And then it says scheduled delivery takes approximately four to nine business days. So even if I wanted an ASAP, it's not coming until four to nine business days. Mm-hmm. Not regular days, but business days after July 25th. So anyway, maybe by the end of the summer, I'll have this thing. Yeah. A little bit nervous about making sure the delivery goes smoothly and everything, but I'm working it out. It's like your toe, John. You're doing long time. You got to understand you're doing long time. Yeah, and no, speaking of uh, time, I did some math about the dates of this, right? So I ordered my current television. Um, when was it? Oh, of course, I never put the date in there. Anyway, 3,131 days uh, between ordering my previous television and ordering this television. That's eight years, six months, and 27 days. Wow. So my current TV didn't make it to 10 years, but it made it pretty long. And my, my, my current TV was a kind of last minute replacement when the plasmas were going away. I said I needed to get I know I just bought a TV one or two years ago, but I need to get the last best plasma before plasmas go away. And that's what I did. So I ditched what was for me a pretty young television that was probably maybe like three or four or five years old and replaced it with this one. And I've been using it for eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. So that's a good it's got, it had a good run. I'm probably going to try to sell it for 100 bucks or something. 
Nobody would, you wouldn't want to pass it down to somebody? This, it's so big and unwieldy. Like, how would I get it to anybody? It, it costs more to ship than it's worth. So I, I need someone. I said that about the dinosaur my kid wants. Where would you put that? <laughs> yeah, this, they're not, it's not easy to tuck in somewhere. Um, and so it needs to be someone local who's going to come with a big uh, truck or a car and just take it off my hands. That's how I got rid of my previous plastic TV. People, if you put the right price on it, people will come with a truck and take your thing away. That's economics, but but also people are going to come to your house to get it? Yeah. Hmm. I don't That's love fine. that. Well, couldn't you meet at a police station or something? Separate, separate universes, you know? Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, Godspeed, John. I hope you get a TV. You've earned it. Yeah, we're, we're going in, moving in that direction. Seems like it, it might really happen. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Sourcegraph. You can learn more about Sourcegraph right now by visiting about.sourcegraph.com. So you've hired a brilliant developer. Well, that's great, but now you have to get them onboarded. They must be onboarded. So if your company is growing, uh, onboarding new developers, eh, it'll be a common occurrence, but it's a big undertaking each time. One of the biggest challenges for new hires is to get them up to speed with the project that their new team is working on. And that can be tricky if the code bases that your developers are working in are already large. Thankfully, Sourcegraph makes it easy to move fast even in those big code bases. Developers know that knowledge is most useful when it is findable. I would argue, in fact, that knowledge is much less useful if it is not findable. They can just have that. Centralization is helpful, but given the fact that most companies store knowledge in at least two different locations, well, how do you, how you going to make your knowledge accessible to those who need it? You know, you, you got to make it findable, and that, that makes it useful. Are you, are you following this? Okay. As a code intelligence platform, Sourcegraph gives developers what they need to drive their own learning over time and in different situations. Teams without Sourcegraph, not so much. They got to rely on asking colleagues or reviewing out-of-date documentation, which, woof, talk about cumbersome and time-consuming, am I right? But with Sourcegraph, every developer can search across millions of repositories to find specific code, saving time for themselves and everyone else. So when questions do come up, you know, it's the big stuff that's worthy of the extra time. Sourcegraph was created to make developers' lives easier. And today, Sourcegraph work with uh, leading companies across every industry, including three out of the five of the top tech companies. It kind of sounds like they want you to try and figure out who those are, but it doesn't say here. But, you know, that's a, um, that's a majority of the five. I, I didn't study maths, but uh, uh, they also work with folks like, uh, you know, PayPal, Uber, Plaid, GE, Reddit, Atlassian. These are companies, right? And so right now, what you got to do for your company, you got to go visit about.sourcegraph.com and you're going to learn more about what they do. That's about.sourcegraph.com to find out why some of the biggest tech companies in the world use Sourcegraph and uh, maybe find out a little bit about uh, what it can do for yours. You know, you may be one of those other of the five tech companies, but if you're not, you need to get you some Sourcegraph. You know, they can just have that. You know, you can also just click the link in the show notes that we have. Show notes, show notes are, you know, here on the site and it'll let them know that you heard about it from us and, and we appreciate that. Our thanks to Sourcegraph for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. We, uh, I think we have a topic for tonight, don't we? Mm-hmm. We're in here. My mouse See. stopped working. That always scares me. I don't like when my mouse stops working. No, that's not good. You heard about my, my mouse was an ATP, right? Uh, I don't know if I did your, this is your, wait, I know this Microsoft mouse. What do you have? Mm-hmm. I've got a mic too. I've got two Microsoft mouses. Microsoft mice. What, mm-hmm. um, what happened? 
Uh, I don't go through it all. Okay, okay. never mind. One, Sorry, one, it's a different one, show. One, yeah, one of them makes a noise, and the other one makes a noise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's not good. Hmm. You know, I don't like things that make noises. I do know that. I mean, that's why we don't get along. Yeah, that's why I have I have the two I have the two mice here, uh, and one was supposed to be backing up the other when one went wonky. I could go to the other one, and they both make noises. So what do I what do I do by a third one and make a third noise now? I don't. I don't like it. Yeah, one is one, two, uh, three is yeah, two. Yeah, seriously, like what? It just, <laughs> just yeah, like, but, yeah, it's a lot of mice. And then and then you can't like the, I ordered some tools to open up these things because in theory if I could get in there maybe I could find out what's making the noise and stop it but you know like with these plastic things they're all held together with little plastic tabs oh, and everything Oh absolutely that's just you're never going to get that back together There's no yeah there's no screws right it's all just plastic tabs you know what it's like it's like taking apart the interior of a car you don't want to break or the exterior for that matter you don't want to break the clips but yeah. unlike a car you can't just easily replace the clips on these things and ugh, it's not uh, good, I changed though. I changed the non-user serviceable fuse in my bike battery so yeah now i heard i made i made a real soup of it boy it's it's really it's really not so after you shove the key into the usb slot or the charger (laughs) a lot of people did it (laughs) yeah it's a bad design well i guess one way that would help a little bit is well i don't know i was gonna my my first impulse was to say that maybe put the key hole on the other side but no you see you can't you can't fix it it shouldn't be easy to make that mistake I don't know. Well, I still feel stupid about it. It's a good bike, but the, but my my guy, my guy, my other guy, he he fixed he fixed my uh, he replaced my brake pads and he got me six gear back. I I, I lost six gear. I, you know, I was just like you and Pixels. I want every mm-hmm. single one of those. You know, yeah, I paid no, for all of those. A, you need all the gears. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a topic that I feel like has been uh, floating around for not too long, but I think this one might be mine, but. At some point during, uh, probably fairly early in COVID, when we still had hope, I remember creating a shared notes document for the family, and I think it was actually called something like the uh, "In the Aftertimes." And I was like, "I want to," because like, I, I suddenly, you know how it is. Like as soon as you can't have something, you want it. And like once when we were in lockdown, and I, I found myself for once craving novelty and travel—is that what I want? Being somewhere that's not home, but not having to do stuff, right? And so I started writing down all the things I want to do again uh, in the aftertimes. Once COVID is gone, which I think at that point was going to be July 2020, um, if memory serves. And um, I started making a list of all the stuff I wanted to do uh, after that. And point of information before you continue on from this premise. Mm -hmm. My understanding of the phrase the aftertimes is different than how you are using it here. I understand what I'm you mean. I'm using it as the opposite times. of the before times. I'm not talking about eschatology, and that's not German poop stuff. Eschatology is in the end of the world. But, you know, sometimes, I don't know where it comes from when people refer to the before times as a way mm-hmm. of talking about before. Like, you might say, like, you know, 2015, for some people, including me, you would refer to as the before times. All right. I'm with you with the before times. So the problem with the after times is it's generally used to refer to the times after the world ends. So it's post-apocalyptic. After the rapture, yes. No, but like after a nuclear war, after plague wipes out 90% of the life on the planet, after an asteroid hits, the after times are not what you're referring to. What you're referring to is imagine that we come out the other side of this and, mm-hmm. you know, it's the roaring 20s, when, right? Or when we come out, out of this. Mm-hmm. It's right, right around, prosperity's right around the corner, John. So I just, I just wanted to point that out. We will continue with your premise. I understand what you mean by it. You mean, uh, you know, in theory, when COVID is over, 
here is X, Y, and Z. But when you say the aftertimes, it makes it sound like when all life has been wiped out and the earth is a cinder, we will wander the wasteland and try to go to I Disney. I can't believe right? you ever studied the Bible at all. <sighs> um, I took a class in high school about the Bible. Did you know that? In, in, in your public school? Yeah. You study, study, study of study. the Bible of study of the Bible as literature. Oh, boy! I bet that made almost everybody mad for different reasons. Not, I mean, it probably made the religious people mad because Ooh. the last thing a religious person wants to do is study the Bible as literature. Yeah, you find out how many different people wrote it and why they changed things and how okay. many hundreds okay. of years they lived. Okay, <laughs> you know, let's like, keep it friendly. That and and how did, why is this translated from this and who wrote this passage and how many hundreds of years after what and who wrote and it's yeah. By yeah. the time you're done with that, you're not like, but yeah, so totally the word of God, right? So anyway, what's uh, propose another one? Uh, no, it's fine. I I'm just I just you wanted just, to point you that out. To, you just I'm, wanted to to needle me for no reason. Oh, uh, I know you. Words mean things. I heard someone say this on a podcast once. The and words I feel sound like, like other it, things. It, 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 oh, so close, so close. Am I? I thought I thought I was deliberately getting it wrong. Did I accidentally get it right? No, you words did not words sound like other right. words. No, um, things sound alike. I mean, you couldn't get it right if you words wanted. Words sound to. alike. You like that's the thing. You're like you know. I, I wanted to make sure I got it wrong for the well, bit. But I, you can't just, get it right if you it's don't. Not that know I can't. It. It's that I don't care, and it's fun to needle you. But that but, means. But that means you can't. And you let the domain name lapse. Is that right? The Flophouse never got that domain name. I know. I let it lapse. That'll show them. That's right. It's protest. <laughs> Pro, protest lapse. It's different than prolapse. <laughs> don't look it up. Oh no! You remember that photo? <laughs> no. Stop. <laughs> the the weightlifter. This will not be in the show notes. He had parts of his body that should have been nope, on the nope, inside. Stop. No, nope. yeah. this be your other podcast. This one can't handle Which that. one? Which one do you think? Probably do by Friday, huh? Yes. Prolapse. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100% in the prolapse times. Topic. All right, so continue. So you have this yeah. document. What well, are we it's, doing it's the just that, I mean, you know, there, there is that time. February, March, April, right? Especially March. I'll, I'll always remember when, uh, when Roderick went off on the Max Fun cruise and mm-hmm. at least in my memory they, they were like the, i don't know it was like the last chopper out of uh um hanoi or whatever we're like i think they were like they're on i don't know if it's one of the last crafts to leave but i believe that cruise ship that the max fun folks were on it was on the last day before they just shut it all down and you remember it's like hemingway in bankruptcy you know how do you go how do you go broke you know where you leave, leave port. No, little, little, and then all at once. Um, but like suddenly, boom, 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 everything was happening. So and what I'm trying to get at is that, you know, once we were into that period, I'm going to say of the summer and like maybe around the time that the first sort of spike, the second, or sorry, I guess spike, whatever. The point being, we were in the lockdown mode. It really sucked and blah, blah. And I just started thinking about that. And I, I mean, this gets to a deeper and more existential is too heavy of a word, but when your life is on pause or more saliently for me, my life's been on pause as long as I can remember my kid's life is on pause. You know, I mean, no, when you like, say pause, sorry, the one <laughs> I can do it a bit from, I guess you haven't heard. It's fine. Go pause. On. Um, and, um, but it was a real bummer because, you know, there's a little bit of uh, Lucy and the football kind of thing going on where like, if we did have hope, then that next thing would come along. And this was the beginning of me become, becoming kind of a permanent COVID karma suck. And I'll, I'll say what I've been saying the whole time. Hey, if anything ever got better because we'd done something right and deliberately rather than just showing up and falling ass backwards into good luck, 
Like we could have been out of this a long time ago, but no, we keep sticking our heads out of the hole and it's, we're still not done. And I'll have an example in a minute. But anyway, the point being, I think a thing we've all been thinking, well, a thing I've been thinking about for a long time is, is yes, there is this issue of like, um, when will we mostly be done with COVID? Yes, I know, Dr. When. I know that we'll always have it around kind of forever. I understand. But what I'm trying to say is like, when will things, when will things, I hate the word normal, but let's just for the sake of argument, let's just say, when will it feel more like we have our life again? Like when we'll be able to, when, not even just trips, I hate traveling, but like when will, when will we feel like this is sort of behind us and when will we be able to, when will I feel more confident about making plans of any kind? Because you remember that? Do you remember that? Did you have that feeling? Let me ask you, rather than telling you. I felt like it was ridiculous. I dared God every time I tried to make any kind of a plan about anything longer than about a day away. And remember, we're talking here about the time when, remember that the trying to get hand sanitizer and like, oh, all the distilleries are making hand sanitizer now and everybody's pitching in. It's real Rosie the Riveter type situation. But like, and we would dare God by making a plan and then that plan would always be crushed, starting with uh, <laughs> Disneyland spring break trip, March uh, 2020. Um, just chime in here. I, I've said as much as I need to say. The discussion this week is, what? what is it called? Discussion this week is, is it the aftertimes yet? Or in John's terms, is it, how would you describe it to make it pithy? No, it's fine. You can use the title. I've done the clarification. Now we can continue to use it in freedom. Okay. Um, so what, what I written was, is it the aftertimes yet? Um, where are we with all the stuff we said, each said we'd want to do when life went back to normal, which I think has sort of um, embedded in it, this idea of like, well, let's set aside for a minute if it ever will be over, although that looms over us. But like, when will we, is, is there a, is there a route somewhere between I just live under a rock now versus I'm the most reckless, crazy public health menace ever. And I just do what I want because I'm American. Like, are you more comfortable? Are you getting more comfortable thinking about the future than I was anyway? Are you getting more comfortable making plans? Are there things that you're doing now that you wouldn't have done a year or two ago? Jump in anywhere. I don't know if it's just because we just talked about TV stuff, but I kind of have a view similar to my view on TVs to this thing, which and and this this may be incorrect, but this is what I've got. Um, uh, just to refer back to when you said, if there's anything that we did right that could help with this, there are one or two small things that we, the United States of America, actually uh, did that helped. Got a vaccine. Um, That's a big deal. Exactly. All right. So vaccines. That's a big deal. Now, did they solve the problem? I'm not going to take it, though, because it's got Bill Gates's uh, Windows nanobots in it. Yeah. It, it didn't solve the problem in the way the most optimistic cases said, oh, we'll just do this, everyone will be vaccinated, it'll be fine, right? Why, well, why would did. you not get it, John? Why would people not get it, exactly? <laughs> uh, we're not even talking about that. I know. Just like, all right, so did, did it solve the it problem? Does, it is a factor, though. Right, okay. Now, um, that is the thing that we did correctly. And uh, the reason I'm thinking about this thing in terms of, like, TVs or whatever, it's like, okay, well, so we, the vaccine really helped a lot, um, and more people, everybody should take them, and the people who don't are making a bad choice, mostly. Well, let's say something um, positive. I'll bet there's a lot of people in healthcare in particular who are a good deal better off than they would have been without it. Yeah, no, everybody. Everyone who took it is, is uh, every little bit helps, right? But, mm -hmm. of course, there's, there's variants, and they, you know, evade the vaccines, and so on and so forth, right? Um, but, like, the TV thing, I still kind of, to answer your question, like, do you feel things are, like, like uh, back to normal or do you feel freed from the constraints? No, I don't. And the reason is because I'm still kind of waiting for some things that I read a bunch of stuff about recently, which is like, okay, but people have some ideas for newer, better vaccines 
that will be able to handle not just the current variants, but also any future variants. And we don't have those yet. It's kind of like, oh, there's a new TV technology and it's coming out. And the current TV technologies have some problems. Oh, wait, where things it, can it, evade them. It has but HDMI, wait. but not the HDMI of the future. Yeah, just wait for the QD OLED vaccine. That, you know, instead of just chasing the variants by trying to make a vaccine for the Delta variant that we get two years after Delta is gone. And then we get after the Omicron is gone, we get, a, you know, like we can make better vaccines that understand how this thing mutates and that do a better job against variants. And I feel like if and when that comes and fulfills more of the promise of a vaccine, like not just making thousands and thousands of fewer people die, but also stopping the spread more than the current vaccines do, right? And making it, you know, get, getting to the point where we have durable immunity, even against future variants, even if it gets to the point where it's like where it's like a flu vaccine, you just get a new shot every year. Mm-hmm. But that we have it kind of under control, where it's predictable, where where outbreaks don't come out of nowhere and ruin people's plans, which you'll get to in a second. Right. That's mm-hmm. what you can tell. How are you know, how are you? Are you feel like you can make plans or whatever? The answer for everybody in this entire planet should be no, don't feel like we can make plans like we used to because we shouldn't and we can't. And that is, you know, that is evidenced by the actual things that happened to us. I think now, if you'd like to discuss your plans that recently got screwed up, it shows it's proof positive that we are not in the aftertimes yet because we can't do things that we would expect to do, like make plans and expect them to go off. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I've been trying to make the effort to not you know, be a karma suck about this stuff because like I am as feeble as I am, I am in pretty good health and I guess we're not supposed to worry about vulnerable people, but I don't know. I just, it's, it's in the same way that I'm going to say something a little bit, you know, counter-revolutionary. The, the court decision handed down on Friday, the part about abortion is obviously terrible, but the conversations I have with people are like, I am so scared about the other stuff that this is opening the door all of the establishment cause stuff that's like made the country so much better over the last like 50 or 60 years. Ditto here, which is like, well, you know, there are other countries that handle this better than we did. that don't have our resources and certainly don't have our, you know, can do American attitude, but like other countries have found a way to deal with this in the same way they figure out how to deal with bikes. They've figured out lots of things. They still have the recipe for how to have infrastructure and do things. But in America, like I said, and I'm not trying to, be a jerk about it, but like there's that phrase in uh, Derek Thompson had a recent piece in the Atlantic where he coins this phrase, um, chronic nothing works syndrome that really stuck in my head. Cause like, it's not about any particular thing worse. It's about how when you're, when you're mean, you start thinking everything feels related because like, it seems like nobody knows how to do anything anymore. We have lost the recipe for all of this infrastructure that we used to just take for granted. I know it's a million things, underfunding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. but like there's a lot of those chickens are coming home to roost and they're pissed. And uh, what bums me out in some ways about COVID is just that it, it's upsetting to me in the same way that like it became clear that there were opportunities for foreign governments to interfere in our elections because they did some basic pen testing and saw that they could get away with it. And who knows what's happening right now that we can't even see because they were impossibly emboldened to try things they wouldn't before because they knew we still had the recipe for stuff. And, and now I have very little confidence that a country this diverse and weird and broken and sad can accomplish things in a way that we have even fairly recently. Um, and that's that's the thing that freaks me out. It's like I kept hoping, I kept thinking, you know, there's that thing I, I always say about how like you should let kids 
um, rehearse things in a listics environment that, you know, you don't have to die to learn how to cross the street. There's ways to rehearse that. There's so much we could have been rehearsing the last two years and getting better at because there's going to be other, th- it's not, not even if it's not a health, uh, health matter, the kind of health matter people have been warning about for a decade is like, wow, this situation is really right for the exactly like something like COVID to come along. It's just, it's that we really failed the test over and over and over again. And I know some things went well and a lot of people tried really hard, but the point is the game is decided by how many points are on the board, not how hard a third of the players tried. You don't get points for that. You only get points if you win the game. And we lost this game to use a sports analogy. So that's, that's, that's a bummer for me. And it's, exhausts a little bit of my patriotism and goodwill about America to know that we're so riven that we we can't even get that stuff right. And that so that freaks me out. I mean, that's why I'm rooting for the QD OLED vaccine is like, well, we need even better vaccines. Despite how good these were, we need even better, better ones. And that's the type of thing where a small group of motivated, smart people can have a disproportionate effect on the, mm-hmm. uh, the recalcitrant, you know, population, right? Like just... <laughs> it, but it's like, it's like there's a bunch of people who have snake bites and like we're like hey here's the antidote man you won't die from the snake bite and they're like oh no that's that's yeah. like a, well, that's a pro-abortion well, snake I mean, bite yeah but the, all the other the other thing with that is like it you know obviously you're saying we lost this one and we lost by the by judged by how much better we could have done but like humanity writ large like uh if we just you know if this thing kills a million people in a year uh, we'll still be okay. Like humanity will and continue we might. to exist. We, we really might. But to state the obvious, what if something worse comes along? It's a health thing. I mean, yeah, exactly. But this one will, will eventually kill most of the people that it can kill. And yes, it will, it will mutate and kill some more people. But it just like, if we continue to not be able to get our acts together, it'll just be kind of like going back to the middle ages where occasionally a plague comes through and kills a few million people. And there's nothing you can do about it. And everyone dies. And then, you know, like, well, when is it going to stop? Well, when it you make has me killed all the people sure. that it feels like killing. Yeah. Like, it, you don't have any say in it. And so the same thing, that's essentially what COVID is doing now. It comes, it kills all the people it can kill. A new variant comes that kills all the people it can kill and just keeps going around and around. And it's like, if that bothers somebody, there are things we could do about it, but other things bother people more. And it seems like, yeah, just let it keep killing people, you know. This episode of Reconcilable Differences it's brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash RD. You know, this summer as you uh, dive into all those fun home improvement projects you've been thinking about, don't forget a really important one. Please listen closely. If you want to transform the look and feel of your home, you should consider getting new couches or seating. Which is another kind of uh, couches is a kind of seating. You get it from Burrow. Okay. Because Burrow is a new kind of furniture company, okay, that makes everything with comfort and style in mind. Can you imagine going out and trying to get some seating that wasn't built with comfort and style in mind? You'd be so mad. That's why you go to Burrow. From their modular sofas and sectionals that make moving and assembly painless to their clever wall shelves that make mounting a breeze, Burrow is designed to make life easier. Mm, Love the sound of that. Burrow is proud to use premium durable materials so you can enjoy stain and scratch resistant fabric and solid hardwood frames. Burrow knows people care about the materials. You care about the materials in your home, right? How important it is to make sure those materials stand up to everyday life. 
so much of my life is everyday life and not a lot of things stand up to it. They can just have that. So, you know, if you bought furniture from one of the big companies, you know, the big companies, you know, you, you might know that a lot of the process is outsourced. Ooh. Burrow designs everything in-house, which means that the entire team is in tune with what people like you actually need. They, they're, they're doing it. The sisters are doing it for themselves. They can have that one too. And here's the thing with Burrow, you know, you don't have to pay for shipping. No pay for shipping. Every order, no matter how small or large, is delivered directly to your door for free. And that can save you a lot of money. Maybe let's say even over $100 when it comes to a large item like a couch. I have a Burrow couch and I love it. Uh, like some kind of idiot, I bought it without e- even a code or anything before they were sponsored. I love it. I sit on it all the time. I put my butt right on the couch. I mean, it, your couch or seating will not have my butt, but really isn't that to both of our advantage? If you have any questions, Burrow has world-class service and support folks, and they're there to help you with any queries that you have, from choosing a color to expanding your couch down to the road, or why you said query instead of question. But Burrow wants you to love the sofa that you're on as much as you love listening to this show. Ting! Show them that you're listening to Reconcilable Differences. You go shop at burrow.com slash rd. That's rd. Hmm. You're going to get $75 off your first order. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash R-D. Burrow.com slash R-D. $75 off. Can't beat that with a stick, is the thing my grandfather would have said. It really hasn't aged well, has it? Get a burrow. You need some seating. Do it with style. You know what I mean? It helps John Syracuse. little guy really needs it. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I guess a point that I'm that I'm struggling to make that reflects my twisted interior world is I still can very keenly feel, let's just say it with words, uh, from the time that Donald Trump uh, started his campaign, and I want to say July of 2015 to today. I mean, like I said in that tweet about our shirts, and kind of like, sort of kind of apologizing that we're trying to sell shirts when. America's falling apart. Well, you know, like I said, yeah, find it, a week when it isn't. Exactly, exactly. I guess what I'm, what I'm struggling to to get my head around is like there was that sense of like like just one thing after another in the Trump administration. You know, there's that thing people say, and this is so dark. I don't like to say this too often, but it's it's such a good and true and sad point. Um, if we couldn't fix the mass shooting issue after Sandy Hook, when will we? And you don't like to say something like that too much because that that really sounds like you're trying to score a dunk on a, a tragic event. But but it, it's true. Um, if we weren't going to fix it then, if, and then within part, I mean, came, I think the the, the less uh, downer way to say that is like, look, if if all it took to fix this problem was something sufficiently bad to happen, we would that we would already have fixed it. We so had it's a lot clear of opportunities. What, it's yeah. clear that in this stupid broken com- country. What is required to fix this problem is more than just something sufficiently bad to happen. And I think that is a realistic to say. It's like, look, there is nothing. There is no mass shooting bad enough that on its own it will let us solve this problem. There are other things that we can do and must do to fix it. But it was an analogy. I'm just I'm not saying to give up. But here's what I'm saying is that like there was this um, uh, we need a better thing for the now disproven uh frog in boiling water. But my version of as Sandy Hook is to mass shootings was, I mean, do you remember, I want to say it's, it's gosh, it's all such a wash now, but it was probably in January. Remember the first big event of the Trump administration was the crowd size at his inauguration. Mm -hmm. And then came the like, (laughs) 
expelling migrants and keeping and keeping like people from visiting the country. And you remember all the like, uh, oh gosh, are Uber and Lyft going to service the airport while this is happening? And like all the lawyers deployed to airports all over the United States to help represent people. And I mean, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this to sound like one of those horrible people on Twitter, but like, I mean, if that moment didn't get to the point and I'm not saying people didn't do stuff. People do stuff every day. You can't spend every hour of every day fighting what everybody else is mad about today. Even if it is the worst thing in the world, you, I can't do that. And I don't think most people can do that. If they were being honest, they're not doing that. But like, even if you're willing to throw yourself upon the gears, that was a good time to do it. And there's been certainly ample time since then. Here's the pivot is that there was that, that six sense not the movie, that like sickening sense during the Trump administration of just one venal, poorly conducted poop show after another. But then by the time we got to the Russia, Russia, Russia thing, then we started to see like this deeper, you're not going to fix this with a, a, you know, a, a stroke of a pen kind of stuff of like the very, well, I don't know if you followed the, testimony today, the hearings, it was really, really quite something. But mm-hmm. we knew there was some rot going on at a lot of levels. And a lot of people, it, it seemed, were like, just like, okay, fine. You know what? Subpoena me. See if I come. Screw you. I'm not going to show up. Right? That, But that dovetails at some point into the COVID era. I'm not saying it's all the same thing, but I'm saying that sixth sense of like, I don't trust that there is an, there, there will never be enough adults in the room to deal with the Trump administration. Right? And at the same time, there's the scuzzy, corrupt part of that where we just started to like go, yeah, well, typical Trump, what are you going to do? Kind of stuff. And then by the time of COVID, or you think about like the Sharpie with the hurricane kind of stuff, and not to make jokes about Cheeto Man, but really legitimately the fact that some people think it's hilarious and patriotic that Trump scribbled on a map to say a hurricane wasn't going to come, right? But- I guess what I'm trying to get at is, and then we get into the COVID times and we're sliding into this total mismanagement of that and are you going to inject bleach and that kind of stuff. But like, regardless of however smart you are and how much Rachel Maddow you enjoy in life, the, the point is that we did slip deeper into a national crisis of ability and uh, sound governance. And then, boy, did that ever suck during the early days of COVID. Yeah, yeah, things got better. Grandpa Uncle Joe came in, and everybody's happy, and, you know, we sing Kumbaya, and that's really good. But I guess it's like today, I kind of see all of that as little chapter markers on a continuum of corruption and incompetency and nonfeasance in some cases. And, you know... I guess we should get to the topic, but that's, that's, that's the problem for me in terms of the, like having, I'm really struggling. I mean, John, I've grown so much as a person. I've gotten so much better at so many things that maybe only I care about, but I can feel when I feel, you know, that stupid thing on Nike shirts about how, what is it? Fear is pain leaving your body or something like that. Like I can feel tiny little shards of that's leaving my body on a weekly basis. Cause I am trying, there's still plenty in there. Don't worry. I really am, I'm not saying like I'm a positive dude or something, but like, I, I think I've made really good progress at improving, I hope, improving the way that I think and the way that I look at the world. And hopefully, it is hoped, the way that I treat people. But I still have this really nagging sense of 
I keep coming back to talking to that cop and the cop saying, you know, what do you want me to do about it? This sense of like, I just, I, is there anybody in the front, at the front of the train at this point for almost anything? And I think that feeling and that being so hard to, hard to shake to where like, I realized that my sense of humor about certain things I'm not even talking about jokes I'll make on Twitter. I'm talking about the jokes you're never going to see on Twitter. The thing I thing I say to my wife or the thing that I, thing that I say to Syracuse in a text. My well, I say sense of humor, but what I really mean is my outlook about the future is becoming virtually Soviet. You know that famous sort of Soviet sense of humor mm-hmm. that's like got a built-in sense of blackness and um and sort of like n- knowing a paradoxical you know, stuff about like how you, you know, nothing in the world can be believed and all that kind of stuff, which has already become kind of David Gare on Twitter. Like you're real cool if you shut up and go, you haven't been paying attention, burp, blah, burp, that kind of stuff. Oh, thank you. Thanks for your discourse. That's where I'm stuck a little bit right now is I'm really trying to get out of that. Um, even as I continue to feel like, as I say, we've lost the, do you remember that, that, that ethnic joke from our youth? You'll have to be more specific. The ethnic joke from our youth. And I'm, I'm going to leave out the ethnic group, but you know the ethnic group that was, the jokes were about in the 70s. The point is, or mm-hmm. as, as we would say in my church group, uh, you say dumb, like like dumb Donald or something, right? Like you want a match game. But you could say, oh, you know, this this guy's family is so, so, so they're so dumb, they, um, they can't make ice anymore. And you say, well, that seems really severe. Why can't they make ice anymore? And they say, well, they lost the recipe. Because, you know, there's also a joke about screen doors on submarines. I didn't think that one was as funny. But I can't shake that feeling of having lost the recipe. The like the ability to like do stuff, whether that's like, you know, they don't, they don't, a lot of it is staffing stuff, but why is it the staffing stuff? The staffing stuff happened probably because of COVID. COVID stuff happened probably. It's like, it just really feels like, like all we're doing all day is stacking up more dominoes to get knocked down. And that really puts the kibosh on my already admittedly diminished enthusiasm for thinking about a future that, that I plan for. Anyway, that's 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 where my head is before we get yeah, into the I, end time. I feel kind of like you're mentioning what was that? I, I can't even keep track of all the names, but you were saying like the 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 tweet cliche about like after Newtown, whatever it was in Newtown. If we yeah, yeah, in Connecticut. Like if yeah. we all bunch of bunch of elementary yeah, school yeah. kids and their teachers were shot and and what and you know, I just I'll never forget like Obama, like he he seemed like a man who was so wounded. Like, I don't know. I don't care whether you like him or not. I think he was really uh, bereaved, really crushed. I think he was crushed that this was happening, not just on his watch, but it was happening in America. And all you can really do is like shake your head and sing Amazing Grace. Cause like if we, and anyway, the point is I don't want to dwell on the gun thing. Um, right, but I'm, I'm going to use an analogy because I was saying yeah, before, please. it's like, well, that was, that was, uh, you know, the, the thing to take away from that is like, there is no, there is no bad thing that can happen where on its own, the badness of it will, will, uh, will get this country to try to fix the problem. Uh, and there are other things that could, but anyway, um, there is a, you know, we, we're in, the, I feel like we are in the midst of experiencing the next test of that because Newtown was the test of that theory. Like what, well, what if an event happens? It's so bad that'll snap everyone out of it. Nope. Certainly, that's not going to happen. Certainly. Right? I mean, it right, must, it, feel, it must right. feel like, no, sorry to Godwin this, but it must feel a little bit like say 1934 in certain parts right, of Europe right. where so you'd like, be like, like, oh my take, God, they put a, they put a sign on my neighbor's store and now they're not allowed to have a store anymore. This has got to be it. 
Right. And so now with the, you know, taking away the bodily autonomy of half of the population, surely this will be such a cataclysmic event that it will snap us out of it. But no, it won't. Like, I mean, well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to predict the future. Right. But this is the test. Right. I'm saying if you're you're feeling depressed, the same people who are frustrated and motivated before are frustrated and motivated now, but like they can't do it on their own. You can't. Exactly. You need extra horses to pull that load. Yeah. the the optimistic theory is like, well, because this terrible thing has happened, this will change like the outcome of the midterms or whatever. But doesn't seem like it's going to. It'll be like the end of the 80s movie where the dean jumps in the pool. Like, oh, I guess, you know, now we can all be friends. Yeah. So uh, th- these type of tests where it seems, you know, if, if only a bad enough thing happens, that on its own will be sufficient to fix this problem. People will be outraged. Not, yeah. <laughs> Has not mostly not be permanent, and and you're the only thing that I that that doesn't sync with me in your characterization of all this is your I mean your description of it rings true in terms of the despair we all feel and yeah, the hopelessness yeah. that we try to fight against right, but whenever it's actually described as like you know losing the recipe or things not working or whatever like anytime it's it's sort of as like a like a, a dissolution or a natural process it's, I always re- remind myself that it is not. Uh, you know, uh, thermodynamics or erosion. There are people actively working to make it the way it is, and you know, and, and there meaning, have been a lot of, meaning a lot of what I would like, call bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like over, you know, as many people want out, the Roe v. Wade thing like took decades of 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 hard work by terrible people, right? Like they, it's not like this just came. Oh, it just happened to us. Well, you know, what can yeah. you do? It's well, like yeah, we lucked into this, it. It's <laughs> like a lifetime achievement for huge numbers of people. Very powerful people working very hard over yeah, decades. I, I mean, and decades. like a Mitch, Mitch McConnell comes to mind. Yeah, like with with strategic plans on the a local level, on the national level, just like just huge effort to make this happen, make yeah. this terrible thing happen, and uh, and vice versa. There's people who've been fighting them all the way. It's just we've been mostly losing, and and you know, so when you see the worst things happening here, I always think back to I think it was Lawrence Lessig. One of these people had a uh, one of the groups they were doing to try to help. <laughs> trying to, to help period to help our the united states right <laughs> to um, help full stop <laughs> yeah um they uh, he chose a name for his group that i thought was i mean it was very accurate but probably not catchy enough to to be useful um but i think he called it the root strikers uh and it was kind of acknowledging a thing that like it's, oh strike at the root of the problem yeah, it's it's a terrible name. Like, it's, you know, what do you? Yeah, that's like what, how I didn't realize that the painstaking is really about taking pains. Yeah, and so like that's the no one wants to hear about this. But like by the time we're dealing with the stuff we're dealing with now, it's like so many things have been lined up. Uh, you know, many of them intentionally, but some of them just bad luck. But a lot of them intentionally to put us in a situation: a non-representative government, a place where the minority can rule. You know. 20 different states having but leveraging know, every cheat code yeah for, for 46 senators from from these states somebody figured out how to click on how to how to type in codes enabled and then that in like you oh how is it that such a huge amount of policy can come out of these states that have a smaller population than most yeah, big cities. Like, like, like California gets two senators and and uh, the other the equivalent population gets 46 senators in the other in the smaller states. Right. So right it's like right, right. It, it, you know, we have a non-representative system of government. We have the important Supreme Court rulings like what Citizens United that allow money to come in and just destroy like all of those things, which are so boring and no one wants to talk about it and seems so distantly related. Like that's how you get Roe v. No, Wade but it's being like overturned. Peter Capaldi hitting the diamond wall. He's in the castle. Like each little each little hit hurts his hand a lot, right. but it breaks away a little bit of the diamond. 
And it's like, well, we could fix it if we'd only get 98% of the people in the country to, to vote for the people we want them to vote for. Well, that's never going to happen. You yeah. need to have a system where we can get it with 51%, right? And so we don't have that system now. We need like, we currently need like 60 something. Like it's it's a non-representative system of government, totally corrupted by, you know, by money. Uh, and now, you know, foreign influence and foreign money. It's We're just... It's such a terrible system that we're trying to work within to solve this problem and everything is stacked against us. And no one wants to hear, oh, campaign finance reform. That's how you're going to save the fact that I no longer have a bodily autonomy. uh, We're like we're like Lucy and Ethel, like trying to wolf down the chocolates to like not get fired. Like there's there's you can't keep up with that much. These those decades of organized efforts interlocking with each other. and, and And these these sort of systematic problems, the way the game is set up. And attacking the way the game is set up seems so distant from the problems that we have. No one wants to join up with root strikers to to reform how we pay for elections. People who watched that hearing today, or like uh, I, I think in in political Twitter, it's it's fashionable right now to say, "Oh boy, that's really sweaty." These guys are Mick Mulvaney's obviously really scared and all that stuff. But it's like no, seriously, scared of what? Oh, because <laughs> well, but yeah, exactly. Scared of what? Yeah, exactly. What? Consequences? Are you kidding me? But you know that. But the but I. I, I, I don't, oh, you know what, never mind, forget it. I was just going to say that, like, you know, that's what people like Liz Cheney, I think, are trying to do, is to, like, say, you know, hey, because here's the thing anybody with half a brain <laughs> has realized, which is, like, if, if you can't trust the elections or if the, le- if the elections, the election, elections are already so screwed. We just talked about the Electoral College. We, you know, there's the filibuster. There's all yeah, these kinds even of. When it, even when it's working right, it's stupid. Yeah, I, to- <laughs> I totally agree. But, and, like, the thing is, it won't matter how many times you give $15 to Nancy Pelosi if there's a secretary of state somewhere that just decides that all the votes from the black areas get put in the dumper. Yeah. It's just, everything is so terrible up at the top now, but it's like so much fundamentally the root, the root striker people, those roots are so screwed up and like getting, like trying to fight at the leaves, trying to like win these battles on each individual leaf, like with the overwhelming force is, you know, it's what we have to do right now, but also like the only chance we have to actually fix this problem in the long term is because if your solution is, well, everyone should just be smarter. That's not going to happen. Right. Everyone should just agree with me. Like that's not going to happen. We already have, we already have the, the will of the people. It's just, we don't have a system that can fulfill the will of the people and changing that system. You know, you got to like, you got to actually get power and then you have to actually exercise that power and you have to do that repeatedly over the course of decades. And that's how we got to where we are. These people get actually getting power and then exercising it. And it's one of the reasons that in my darker moments, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, you know, it's not even darker moments because this is not, maybe not a controversial topic. Like, you know, get rid of the filibuster. Like, oh, but that means when the bad people are in power, they'll be able to do bad things. Like, <laughs> oh yes, the, our only hope now is to allow the bad this people is, to do this bad is, things. This is like, the, <laughs> this is like the, probably the people you grew up with in Long Island. The kind of people that, of course, they've got plastic covering on all of their furniture. There's a picture of like John Kennedy and the Pope like, and nobody's allowed to sit on the couch. I think about, you know, like my grandmother back in Cincinnati, I told you she had those runners, those three foot wide, like plastic runners to keep the carpet nice. And she would take it up on the Lord's days. On Christmas and Easter, she would roll that up, which would just show two days a year, the clean spot on the carpeting, the exact rectangle of clean mm-hmm. on this 30 or 40 year old carpeting would get to be exposed. It was like, ooh, grandma's having a fancy day. Like, like we get to see what that looks like. And it's like, but... Ah, just wish. Uh, can I tell you my anecdote? Sure. Uh, I don't like to travel. I don't. Like, I generally don't like to go places. I do actually improbably enjoy camping. Um, 
And I, I like being unreachable and things like that. But as a just as a policy, I tend to not discuss travel or any kind of like family movement related things until it's over and maybe like a little bit more than over. Cause I don't know, maybe you can get DNA off the hotel six or whatever. But, um, but uh, how shall I put this? A plan was made. <laughs> a plan was made that, to enter uh, like essentially like a lottery for this uh, campground that's like related to San Francisco, but it's near Yosemite. Long story short, my lady friend won that lottery for this like desirable camp. And it sounds like it's really fun. Like, well, fun if you like this sort of thing. There's no anything Wi-Fi, anything. You get a cabin with like one plug in it. Uh, you have communal meals where the food's supposed to be really good. It's by a lake. And um, so it was determined that that's the thing we were doing. And two-thirds of the house is a little bit about that. But I finally decided to get my back into it and enjoy it and be a good dad. Wait, which which two-thirds was against it? What do you think? The two-thirds the that... The two-thirds that were not into it were the one who had... There was one person who determined this was a thing that we were doing and then put four figures down on it. And then there were two other people who were like, we're doing what? Because mm. it does affect... It touches on some other time. All right. It sounds nice to me. But anyway, continue. It It is, but it's hot. And there's no internet. And you have to eat every meal with other people. Would you have loved that when you're 14? I, I know what you're saying. It just seems like it would be the type of thing that you would dread. Tell my but then kid. After, but, then af, but then afterwards, you would look back on it fondly. Um, hand to God. Um, we had already, you know, sort of chosen the topic for this week, I believe. Yeah? Yeah, of course. Yep, we, yep, we, cho we had chosen yep. the topic for this week when I, I woke up from my nap and I got an email from my lady friend. And the camping, the one week fancy camping trip we were supposed to start on the yep, upcoming sunday last sunday as you listen to this guess what we got an email and uh, uh owing to what john owing to an abundance of caution owing to an abundance of caution they've canceled the entire week because the staff is all covid like there's covid just it's lousy with covid at this camp and so camping trip has been canceled and um um, I would be dishonest if I didn't say I felt some relief about it for, for reasons I'll be, I can tell you about in the future, but like, you know, there's just, there's several moving pieces right now involving summertime and don't worry, everybody's fine. Everything's great. No one's in trouble, but there's other travel around this travel and personally, I wouldn't bucked it around that travel, but that's not me. But the point being, I was super relieved. I can't even imagine how relieved my kid is because I don't know if there's, they even have Genshin impact in Yosemite, but, um, you know, my, my, um, uh, so my, my first thought was, I mean, there was a little bit, first, well, my first thought was, God, I'm so, so glad we're not doing this. My second thought was, oh man, I hope Matt's not bummed about this. And she's not too bummed. She was actually getting stressed about it too, knowing how much the kid didn't want to do this. But you know, my third thought was, man, I'll bet you, according to my wife, if you know the name of this camp and you go look for it on Twitter, people are ballistic. And I'm not surprised at all. And I'll tell you why. Because if you had been cooped up in a house with like, especially like little kids and kids who are and like, unlike my kid are legit annoying or like you haven't gone anywhere. It's like in one of those Verbo commercials, you know, like, oh my gosh, it's so important. We go out and spend money on travel. Like, but you know what I'm saying, John, if you had booked a $2,000 week of camp and then you found out less than a week before it started that it was totally canceled because of COVID, wouldn't you be bummed? 
I feel so bad for those people. I mean, you could be bummed and you could be pissed, but at this point, you can't be surprised. And this answers the questions. Do you remember are we what our topic aftertime? was this week, John? Yeah, is this the aftertimes yet? Is, are we at the point where we can schedule things? We're going to get to the fireworks like, factory. Yeah, uh, you know, feel like do you feel like you can make plans and have right. some confidence that are they're, that they're actually going to happen? Oh, you no. say you say bad on them. No, you can't. You can't have that. We can't have that. I mean, just look at Mike, Mike Curley point? going to WWDC. That'll yeah. be a fun trip. Oh, well, turns out it's not. Yeah. Well. And depending on whether you like this term or not, I don't think we're at the end times yet. After times? So see, the end times is eschatology. We, we haven't gotten on the other side of this yet. We haven't gotten past it. We're not in the clear. How we're not, you know, we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. None of those know? things are true. My, my kid's going to uh, finally play Last of Us. And I was talking about... Um, uh, well, it means you need to, uh, well, I guess. I got the upgrade. You I got need the, to get a PS5 got, so you can buy the PS5 version, which is well, coming out in September, but you're not going to wait that long. Oh, so. I, I got the um, remastered PS4 yeah, but version. Guess a what they, they're remaking that into okay. that game, this game's going to be maybe I'll three get times. I'll get both of those. Okay. Um, you can't get it because you don't have a PS5. So I will. I'm going to get, no, you didn't hear me. I said, I'm going to get that too. I'm going to get it all. I have access to all of this. You can't get a PS5. You can't, nobody I can. can buy them. You, you can't chain. do that. I do that. Do you believe that? The PlayStation 5, I believe, has been out for like a almost year, a year. two years. Oh, it's been out a good long time. Yeah. And you still can't buy it. We're very happy with our Darth Vader PS4. But point being, um, I was saying, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly analogous, but I was saying, you know, and once again, another one of my dumb suggestions, I'm on all Nicolas Cage, like trying to get my kid to watch The Island of Dr. Calamari. And I'm like, you know, you should um, check out some Cormac McCarthy one day. I was like, you might really enjoy Bookie does called the road and i described a little bit of the plot of the road and because my kid knows everything through references goes oh like adventure time like simon and marcy i'm like precisely like i'm pretty sure apart from the cheers reference i think i don't you might disagree i think simon and marcy is very related to you know the road um which is not a very happy book <laughs> the, the writing is interesting though oh my well and you know what that is that is that and um boy, what's the other one they made into a movie? No Country for Old Men, like mm -hmm. are are very straight compared to stuff like Blood Meridian, which is much more wackadoo. That's, that's what I'm saying. I felt like the road was it's like very readable. It's, it's not yeah, it's it's well compared to his other his other well executed. His other stuff, if anybody else, like I've tried to parody the writing of Cormac McCarthy, and I can't get close because even with like a thesaurus, a dictionary, and five friends, I could not make the poetry like. Like when you hear it read aloud, you hear it in the air. His writing is just extraordinary. Yeah, it's a lot harder than it looks on the page. It's difficult. And I mean, I think a somewhat analogous, it's well, not analogous, but a similar writer might be like, you know, William Faulkner, who is, was a wonderful novelist, but like he famously wrote in like very, very long sentences. Not like a James Joycey weird thing, but like also he's kind of unconventional in his use of punctuation. The point being that Oh, what was my point? Now I've lost it. I was talking about Cormac McCarthy. I was talking about Simon and Marcy. Begging your way in the world today. <laughs> it takes everything you got. Mute. Um, and my point was, and so I was, then I was Your like. Your kid's going to play The Last of Us? Yeah. And I was thinking of, um, have you seen The World's End by Edgar Wright? Yes, I have. Do you remember how it ends? Mm-hmm. And you remember like Nick Frost, where he's got eyeglasses made out of two different pairs of eyeglasses. Yep. And for some reason, when I, when the phrase, the end times, always reminds me of that movie. It's not my favorite Edgar Wright movie, but it's really good and very engrossing. But the end of that where something has happened and now there is something like an end times. And like, that's what I think of it. Or, you know, again, like Cormac McCarthy or like Simon and Marcy. It, I, that's what I think of. I think of the whole, like, and really the kind of TV shows that you like, 
like the earth is denuded. Maybe it's a little bit poisoned. It's like a Godspeed You Black Emperor song or Mm -hmm. something by William Gibson. And people are pushing their belongings around in a cyber shopping cart and stuff like that. But it's ironic as we make that joke, that bit about end times and after times, it feels like we're living the end times as we await the after times. Just a long slog trying not uh, trying to keep our kid from being eaten. Yeah, no, the the long, slow decline is definitely a thing, right? I mean, just throwing climate change, the ultimate long, slow decline. Um, I mean, there is there is still hope. There are plausible paths to victory. What is it? Hope it's the hope that kills you. Yeah, that's what they say. Mm-hmm. 